Today's podcast is brought to you by Custom by Juice, custom footwear, family and faith. These aren't just shoes, they're messages. Uh, hit up our boys on Instagram at Custom by Juice. Get your shoes customized with a custom paint job. You know, if you're a favorite, if you're a Laker fan, Chargers fan, Rams fan, Cardinal fan, whatever, he can create your shoes to create a statement. You can use these as birthday gifts and special engagements. He hooked me up. He turned some all white brand new Nikes and he turned them into some custom shoot the rock hoopwear kicks. Um, I love them. They're, they're my favorite shoes. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to bring them out for special occasions, you know, definitely on championship Sundays or Mondays, depending on the tournament. But uh, show love, follow at customed by juice on Instagram. You have just tuned in to the Shoot the Rock podcast. Who they rocking with, Joe? Who they rocking with? That's right. Remix it. Remix it. You're now rocking with the best. Yes, yes. You're now rocking with the best. What up? And welcome back to the pod. I'm your host, Robert Zagos. You know what? We'll do the AKAs at the end. Um, this is the 2020 Rewind. Um, I'm going to go back to some of the highlights, some of the best of 2020. And, um, you know, it was it was a crazy year, you know. Um, actually, there's no guarantees that 2021 is going to be any better. But 2020 was definitely a year um, unlike any other. Uh, we all collectively went through a pandemic. We all collectively, you know, had our ups and downs. Um, you know, so... So the Shoot the Rock podcast was here to maybe distract some of us during those moments um, early on. You know, I, I want to thank all the people that came on uh, during 2020 um, to just break down um, and have conversations on the podcast. You know, um, like I said, I, I'm going to say everyone's name at the end. I'm going to introduce each of them, as I always do, and the outro uh, with their AKAs, you know, so, um, you know, first of all, you know, thanks, thanks to everybody, um, you know, hopefully 2020, um, is in the rearview mirror, you learn something, we can reflect, and we can move on, and hopefully we have a better 2021, uh, appreciate you guys for checking in with us all the time, this is the Rewind Edition, best of 2020, uh, take a listen to some of the highlights, um, and if you want to, Listen to the whole episode. Check us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Shoot the Rock Podcasts. Up next, the best 2020 Rewind Edition. Yeah. uh, Recording live here, uh, Wednesday, March 18th. Um, You know, a lot of things have been going on. Years 2020, um, and if you're listening to this, a lot has been going on basketball-wise. Um, you know, we lost one of the late great legends, which is crazy to say, um, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bean Bryant. Um, you know, that was that was a travesty. That was um, definitely something unexpected for. 
for everybody across the NBA, but especially for um, Kobe fans. The big turning point was uh, the NBA, uh, the NBA uh, March Madness. Um, they started shutting down. They were talking about playing not in front of fans. So that became real, you know. Um, and then, I don't know if it was Saturday or Sunday, but um, the I want to say it was probably Saturday where you're kind of watching NBA games. You're starting to hear things. You know, I'm following along in the Laughlin tournament, you know, seeing who's playing and who's how things are going in the Latino circuit, and it's it's good, you know. I think it's, you know, we we're kind of trying to get by it. You are now tuned into the And then uh, the NBA, I get the alert. The NBA drops the bombshell that they're canceling their season. This room's on fire. And they're like, what? I'm like, this room's on fire. So we start knocking on the door. The window's hot. We start knocking on the door. No answer. So I remember telling Shay, go call 911. We're in Mexico. I don't even know how to call 911. I don't even know if you dial 911. You know, go find somebody who knows how to. So Shay takes off running. Yeah. He comes back with the security guard. Security guard opens the door and it's just, can't see anything. Zero visibility, black smoke, hot as hell, hits you in the face. So we, we start yelling for whoever's in there to, to come out. I drop down to the floor and it was kind of weird. I'll never forget. Uh, there was like a film, like probably like six inches. I can see clearly from the floor. So you're on the, you're on the, you're on, you're on your hands and knees at the door. I'm on my hands and knees at the door, uh -huh. and I'm looking in. And I can see clearly like six inches from the floor up. Everything yeah. else is blacked out. And to my left, I can see a wheelchair, and to the right, I can see a scooter. And yeah. I'm telling these dudes, man, whoever's in here, they can't get out. Yeah. We need to go get them. And. That's when the security guard tells us who it is. It's the owner of the hotel, Don Luis. And when did when did UCLA come in? Uh, UCLA didn't come in till till the end because they were going through a, a coaching change. Mm -hmm. So uh, I already had my visit and the, and my list of schools uh, down. I think it was like. Oregon, Oregon, Washington, Arizona, uh, Texas Tech, and and New Mexico, New Mexico State. Like, uh, but like my like Bobby Knight went to to Southgate High. He was like he walked into Southgate High School and and to go talk to me and and like I don't know that's probably the Coach Daniels, who was the assistant at UCLA, and Coach Allen called me like, hey, like, 
we saw you, that's what we need, we need tough days. Uh, I want you to be part of uh, my first recruiting class at UCLA. Uh, and they're like, we have one more scholarship left and we're offering it to you. Well, I mean, luckily, I mean, now I, I gotta, there's, there's more of a drive now to succeed in, uh, in all aspects of life now because now, you know, you gotta su support your little, you know, your little seed that you have growing uh, in, in my wife and everything. So that's more, I, I, I found more inspiration. I found more fire and more drive, therefore leading me to like, you know, really ask my wife at times and be like, hey, you know, what about if I go really pursue this G League thing again and, you know, try to go play for the Capitanes of Mexico City or whatever team gives me an opportunity. Um, you know, I, I got uh, several tryout, tryout opportunities with the South Bay Lakers um, that I took last year and they're still interested at the moment. But, you know, it just so ha it just so happens. I mean, when things clear up, you just... Just gotta make that decision, and what's better, you know, chasing the dream or having something that's really locked down and really gonna, you know, financially be more, more appealing than than chasing the dream, you know. To be the hardest worker in college basketball, I mean, not even just college basketball, in all of basketball, and that's always been what I wanted to do. So to have people support that idea, um, like they do, like I just wanna, I wanna see how fast I can develop. I mean, not rush it, but, you know, I think I have a lot of good pieces and I'm just going to keep enhancing them and I can't wait to get to a college campus where, you know, I have more time to do that and I have people to help me and people to support me. Yeah. So, you know, that's what I want to do there. And, you know, I, I want the responsibility and that's one of the reasons I chose that school. Um, for them to say they want me to start something and enhance the culture there and be the face of a Stanford basketball program, like, that's a lot to put on your shoulders, but, like, that's something... I want to work for and be ready for it. You know, I might fail. And I asked them, like, if I fail, like, I want you guys here. I don't want um, you guys only to be happy with success. Like, when I fail, like, I want you guys to push me. So I think that's that's important. Is adversity, you know, adversity makes um, goats. <laughs> so I'm excited to experience that at Stanford. The week, I kid you not, by the end of the week, um, we're standing like five, five feet away from each other. We don't know how to handle this whole thing. And sure enough, uh, we were supposed to play that Friday against my old team, uh, Almanza. I played there the last two seasons, and that's a couple hours south of Madrid. Anyway, keep backtracking. Um, we geared up, get ready to play for that game. Thursday we get told, oh, it's been suspended. You'll play Monday. We make it to Friday, the day we were supposed to play. And we have nothing but a team meeting in the morning regarding the situation now. Clubs are getting leery. Players are getting leery. They don't want to play. By Saturday, it was completely dead. We cleared out of the lockers. No game Monday. Like, it just happened so fast. I was getting texts like, dude, this is crazy. Did you hear? What do you hear? And it's the players hitting me up because, you know, I'm on the coaching staff, so they're hitting me up like, is this, is it really going down? Is it really going down? And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? I'm on the bus, bro. And they're like, is it true that Che got fired? And I was like, no fucking way. Like, what the fuck happened? And they go, dude, we fucking lost. And 
because they fucking fired Chet. Chet's our head coach. We're in, in the middle of the playoffs. We had just won the FIBA Americas. We had made it to the Final Four in the FIBA Americas. We're back-to-back champs. We go 0-2 to this team. And they fire the coach. But the 5 a.m.s, man, they start even before basketball, man. It's a funny story, man. It's just, it starts at home. It starts with my dad. It starts at home. I'm sitting at the table. I'm a, I'm a teenager. You know, I don't know, 17, 18. And I say, you know, I say some kind of cuss word at the table. And my dad just turns to me, you know, in Spanish. He's like, hey, why are you talking like that? You know, and I'm like... At first, you know, I, I think I'm the man. I'm like, well, you talk like that. And he looks at me and he's like, oh, you want to talk like me? And he's like, first thing you need to do is you need to get up at 4.30 every, every morning. So you need to go to work. You need to make sure when you get back that everybody in this house has food, clothes, and all the lights are on. If you want to, until you can do that, then you can't talk like me. So until you can do that, you know, shut the hell up. You know what I mean? So he lit into me, and you know, at first, you know, you're mad, but you know, me, you know, my my initial reaction was like, what? And then I walk away. He was right. out my my dad taught me most about the game without ever teaching me about the game. You know, he taught me how to work, and so I looked at all the list of things that he said, and I remember it because I just sat there thinking about, man, I can't do any of that stuff. He's right. You know, I felt like a little bitch. So then I ended up walking back to the restaurant. I walked inside and I was like, hey, um, Juan Manuel, that's his name, Juan, Juan Manuel Gonzalez. He was the president. He ended up being the president of the uh, LMVP. So I was like, Juan Manuel, um, and I'm sure other guys have different stories about this guy, but um, that's for another podcast. But yeah, uh, I go up to him and I go, hey, um, I'm going to go up to the room. I said, let me know when you guys need me. I'll come back down. He goes, no, 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 five more minutes. So my ass fucking go sits down. I fuck it. Five more minutes. Twenty minutes later, they call me over and they're like, "Hey, um, you know, we really liked, you know, the 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 things that you were doing, you know, while you were here. You know, you were you were very out outspoken on some of the things that you wanted. You know, you really challenged our coaching staff. You know, um, we really liked. You know, we set you up sitting here with Pompey's um, during the Guanajuato trip, and we groomed you up with him on purpose." because he wanted to get a feel for you as a coach, as a person, and, you know, and Pompey's just sitting right there, and he's like, yeah, and he's, he's talking very highly of you, and he's just like, he's open to have you as an assistant in the Ciba Copa. I think people don't realize, that, you know, I started playing in these tournaments, gosh, I'm turning 50 this year, Z, so I, I started playing my first Latino tournament 32 years ago, when I was 17 years old, coming out of St. Paul High School, and... You know, it's evolved because at that time there wasn't as many teams and there wasn't as many tournaments. And they were, and they started, and I, and I can only tell you from my point of view, they started as more Mexican-American tournaments. That, and that's what was stated in the rules. It was Mexican-American. And I think, and I think even if you talk to Donnie or Tommy, even in his first years, it might have been in the rules where either your mom or dad or your grandparents had to be from Mexico to play. This is where I want to be. Like, I, you, it was just one of those moments where, like, you know, you just, you just know, like, okay, like, this is what I want to do. I don't want to be a financial consultant. 
I want to I want to be a part of basketball. Yeah, like, I, I don't know how. I don't real know. real life, real work, nine to five hits you quick, huh? It does. It, it was. <laughs> it, it was. Yeah. I mean, it was. It was like nothing I had done before, and it was. Uh, you know, I mean, it, there was some good things about it, but it wasn't basketball. Yeah, it wasn't basketball, and I, so I went back after camp. I went. I went and talked to Coach Howell, and I said, "Hey, Coach, I want to. I want to. I want to be a coach. Like, what, what can I do? Can I volunteer? Like, what can I do?" How can I get how can I get into college basketball? And he gave me my first shot. He said, "Okay, well, I want you to volunteer uh, this season, um, and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be our, our volunteer assistant." What's the burger joint out there? The Water Burger. Whataburger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he was like, oh, in and out ain't got nothing. I, I'm a. Uh, you ever had a Whataburger? And I'm like, nah. And he's like, oh, I got it. I got you. I got you. So, yeah. so I, I'm I'm still I'm still in and out, bro. <laughs> I tell you what, they have in and out here in town now, but I, I can't do it. I went a couple times, but uh, I gotta stick with my Whataburger. It might be a Texas thing, I guess. Uh, Rosarito era muy muy limitado en el deporte. Eh, creo que nuestra primera actividad, ahorita que lo mencionas, sí fue un, una primera clínica que tuvimos un promedio de 15, 20 niños y jóvenes, este, donde estuvo Al Cuevas, uh, Alan Gómez, este, Efren, estuviste tú y, y tuvimos una clínica muy bonita este, para, para la comunidad de Rosarito, este, los basquetbolistas, pero no pasaban de 15 a 20 jóvenes y hoy a la a 2020 tenemos arriba de pues de mil personas practicando pero la liga de básquetbol de Rosarito no eran más de, de 12 equipos muy limitado la, la actividad del baloncesto when I started tapping into this other side of my mindset right when my daughter was born it just unlocked something man I'm like okay I can't be considered to be selfish I have to be selfless now I have I have something that depends on me now and that's when, like, I said, okay, I didn't go to college, so I, I don't really have all the education. I, I, I didn't come with come up with rich parents who already have the proper programming, mm-hmm. who know the game of wealth, right, that, that have financial education. Handing, no, 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 handing no. down wealth, giving you their trust yeah, fund, yeah, giving, you, by giving you a property, doing all this stuff that everyone yeah. else can do. Yeah, so the first thing that I got to tell the Latino community is this read a book called secrets of the millionaire mind by t harvecker secrets of the millionaire mind by t harvecker that was the first first book the first book that i ever read as far as growth and and finances and it changed my entire life forever at garfield uh I would I would stay late hours uh, after after hours, um, so the best defender would be uh, uh, on my high school team was uh, his name was George Mora, um, and I would tell him like, hey dude, like uh, come play defense on me. So that's how I just like challenged myself because he was like our best defender, so I would, we would go at it, and then um, I, I I would help him with my offense. Like, because he's not really an offensive player, and so I want to say, like, the what made my game, my game good at golf it was just extra extra work. Man. And I got an opportunity to sit with uh, Coach K, and I'm fired up. You know, I'm like, I'm ready. Like, all right, teach me your defense. What are you running off? You know, I'm, I, I want to draw stuff up on a whiteboard. Yeah. Right. And I and I sit down with him, 
and, and, he, and before I get to ask him anything, he asks me, you know, we shake hands, we introduce each other, whatever. And he asked me, he's like, hey coach, you know, how you doing? I'm you know, good. He goes, uh, do you love your players? And it kind of shocked me like, huh? Yeah. He goes, do you love your players? Yeah, of course I do. He's like, uh, do they know that? How do they know that? And it just kind of like hit me in the face, like, damn. Yeah. Cause especially early in my career, I, I I was a tough guy. You know, I was I was a guy, you know, my, my heroes in coaching were guys like Bobby Knight. Yeah. You know? And and when Coach K said that to me, you know, players kind of started going through my mind like like I knew I would push kids because I wanted the best out of them, but I didn't always see like how they were viewing it. You know what I mean? Sure. Like like maybe they were thinking, Coach hates me. Yeah. So so from that moment on, I remember thinking to myself, I got to make sure my kids know, you know, how much I care about them. And and done stuff for the community and help the community, help kids and. And, 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 and people and we kind of pride ourselves on that and, and with our staff and everything we just thought hey you know Arizona's opening back up slowly but surely over here the mall's open and and and, and the restaurants and like you said with all precaution um, and that's what we're taking for this tournament we're taking all the precautions necessary to hopefully keep everybody safe and, and everybody have fun and, and play the game they love Black Lives Matter movement um you know, black, African-American, mixed race, Afro-Latino, you know, Blackskin, whatever you want to call it. Um, there, There is that, that movement right now. I know we had the Blackout Tuesday, and it's just finding different ways to support. And, and being that I have the forum of, of this platform that's the Shoot the Rock podcast, I just wanted to kind of jump on here and, and express the support that the Latinos have for the black community on and how there, there needs to be systemic changes um, going on, you know. Um, you know, the black and brown, uh, Latino and blacks have have always faced this. Um, you know, I think uh, someone posted on Facebook, like that's kind of like, I wouldn't say rite of passage, but you know, if you've been in the hood, You've been harassed by the cops, and and some more than others, um, and it's it's you know I remember when I was 12 years old going to a basketball tournament in Palm Springs in Coachella, and you know as a kid we had the the boombox over our shoulder and we're bumping NWA fuck the police and you know that was in 1988. And on top of that, we were already saying, fuck the police. And then we got the 92 riots. And then we're here in 2020. And, you know, ultimately shit hasn't changed. And, you know, these past 10 days since this tragedy. Um, and it's just not, you know, George Floyd. It's it's Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey, Eric Gardner, Tamir Rice, Michael Brown, Philan Castle. Like, and so on and so on, all the way back to Emmett Till and before. And, you know, it's, it's, it's in the history books. And it's time for a change. It's time. Just, I mean, if you, if you got 
goal. If you got a goal, right? Obviously, you always have to go for it, right? You always gotta, you know, work work your ass off to try to get to where you're at, you know. But just because that that goal doesn't it doesn't happen, like it doesn't mean that that your life's over. You know what I mean? Like if for for example, when I came back from playing pro in Mexico in in, in 2013, mm-hmm. like I came back. And I had nothing, bro. Nothing. Uh, my my identity was gone, right? I was no longer like all flake, the hooper, the basketball player. Yeah. Right? Like, I was living at my parents' house, 26 years old. I was broke as fuck. I had no money. The economy was shit. I had a degree. I was I I couldn't get a job. Like, nothing, bro. Yeah. We went to they were like, we're gonna Acapulco for the weekend, we're gonna go play in there. They're gonna pay us in a, put us in a hotel, and 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 it's gonna be all gravy. And I was like, Acapulco, really? And it was like a three-hour drive. Um, but yeah, they they play from like 24 hours. I don't think they because we would play at midnight, and we play in front of 5,000 fans. 5,000 fans at midnight in Acapulco. Outdoors. And you go play indoors, outdoors. Yeah, outdoors, outdoors. But they by the time I went with. With Pelon and Frankie, Frankie Edwards and Brian Camper, we had a stacked team. Like there's no way we're losing that tournament out there. Um, but they had really nice, really nice friends. That All Star game, I'm telling you, 5,000 fans outside, outdoor courts, middle of the night, play, mid, like midnight. Or the game is already behind, so we play at one in the morning. Oh. And then you would still collect your money and then go to the club till six, seven in the morning. So. <laughs> Like you're not gonna have fans there, but you're gonna have uh, millions and millions watching on TV, bro. Like, think about it. Like, it, it's a good thing just because. Uh, shit, the NBA could have said, you know what? Uh, we're gonna televise it, but you're gonna have to pay ten dollars a month. Yeah. Bro, oh shit, we would have paid it. People, people would. I, I would have paid. I would have paid it because I want to watch this shit, bro. Yeah, you know yeah. What yeah. yeah I, I but like, uh, the NBA is good enough to do do it for free like look at how much money they're they're uh investing in all this shit like all the testings they're doing like uh the hotels like i mean even though fucking disney's doing it probably for free but i'm saying like think about all the uh the food everything like they're, they're going out out of their way to make this possible for the fans bro you know what i'm saying and, and the players are are obviously putting their health at risk i don't just write um, so I do like you know, a lot of social stuff, you know, content strategy, you know, things like that. So I think that kind of gives me the upper advantage, and you know, I just I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Right? I'm I'm connected in a sense of like I don't use it as as you know being arrogant, but you know it's funny because like everywhere I go, I always say it. I'm kind of like I mean I'm good in LA, right? Like I can. For the most part, I can go to the jewelry, I can go to Rico Hines at UCLA. You know, I can just, I can just be in the gym and just be cool. Like nobody really gonna sweat me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's just, that's just great, and that's just making connections, man. That's just everything, everything. That's why I always try to tell people, like, I'm never gonna forget where I came from. I'm always gonna say, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the Mexican kid from Bell Gardens because there might not be a lot of people that know where that's at. Right, like if I talk to somebody and be like, "Yeah, I'm from Bell Gardens," they might say, "Oh, like, where's that at?" 
Yeah. Like, so it, it, it's for the most part for me, it's trying to just let kids know, you know, the kids that weren't born on third base, like me, like, you really had to, you really had to make work. You had to work 10 times harder, in a sense. And there you have it. The best of 2020 Shoot the Rock podcast. We appreciate you guys for checking in with us all the time. You know, we're going to end this podcast the way we usually start podcasts. We're going to end it with the AKAs. You know, thanks for all the guests that came through. Thank thank you for listening to the podcast. You know, hopefully 2021 is a much better year for everybody. You know, we, uh, we wish everyone the best. And uh, thank you for checking in with us. Thank you for rocking with the best. Thank you for rocking with the Shoot the Rock podcast. Peace. I'm your host, Robert Zaragoza, a.k.a. The Commission, a.k.a. Big Z, a.k.a. Coach Z, a.k.a. So Big Yet So Sweet, a.k.a. The Latino Bleacher Report. Uh, on the line, we have my boy Joey, a.k.a. Juice, a.k.a. Mo Minutes, an illustrious guest here on the podcast. We have Lorenzo Mata Real, a.k.a. El Matador, a.k.a. Lolo, a.k.a. Lord of the Rings, a.k.a. The Pride of Southgate. What up, Big Low? A.K.A. Low, so sweet. <laughs> Big Low, so sweet. Caesar Guerrero, A.K.A. C.J., A.K.A. Seize the Moment, A.K.A. Caesar Salad, A.K.A. C. Se Puede, and A.K.A. Ninth Grader Crazy Handles, dog. New Stanford Cardinal commit, uh, junior in high school, Isael Silva, A.K.A. Isa Silva, A.K.A. Air Silva, and A.K.A. El Lobo Feroz. <laughs> ah, I like it. Right here we have a long distance call right here from my boy in Spain. Um, we got our guy Thomas Granado, a.k.a. TG, a.k.a. Big Tom, a.k.a. The Big Fella. We have Mario Perez, a.k.a. MP, a.k.a. The General, a.k.a. The Head Coach of the Roosevelt High School Division II City Champs. What up, MP? What's up, Big Z? Don't forget one, a.k.a. from yourself, a.k.a. Coach Z. Oh, that's a throwback right coach. there. Uh, John Paul Guerrero, um, he is the a.k.a. LBA CEO. Um, he's a college referee, JPG. What's up, John? How's it going, bro? Uh, good friend of the pod, Jason Ludwig, a.k.a. JL, a.k.a. JL Hoops, a.k.a. Uh, assistant coach at Santa Clara University. What up, Jace? Uh, Marcus Alvarado, a.k.a. Coach Alvarado, a.k.a. Host of the Coaching Connection on YouTube, straight from San Antonio, Texas. What up, Coach? Gustavo Soki, a.k.a. LBR, a.k.a. Circuito Rosarito, a.k.a. Rosarito Ball, and a.k.a. Soki. ¿Qué onda, Soki? ¿Cómo andamos? We have uh, Tournament Director Joe Leon from Tierra del Sol, a.k.a. CBL, the Chicano Basketball League. What up, Joe? On the microphone today, we got my boy Jose Sanchez, a.k.a. Dirty, a.k.a. Officer Sanchez, a.k.a. Flake. What up, Flake? Uh, today on the pod, we got my boy Faux Life, uh, Edgar Loera, a.k.a. E-Money, a.k.a. Beyond the Glory. E. What up, Big E? <laughs> Big Z, what up? I love you. Our guest host is... Drew Ruiz, a.k.a. Drew Breezy, a.k.a. The Good Rook, a.k.a. Air Modelo, a.k.a. Modelo Papi, a.k.a. The co-creator of the NBA Bubble Life, a.k.a. Just a Kid from BG. What up, Drew? Hey, you know, little shit like that. So, all right, man. Well, 
good looking out, dog. We'll, we'll, we'll talk, we'll text, see what's going on, bro. Thank you for coming through to the pod. Good looking out, you dog rocking with the best. Rocking with the best, dog. Yes, sir. Shoot the rock podcast. All love, all basketball. Pura raza. That's right. Sweet. Good looking out, dog. We yeah, we are. <laughs> I'm going to add you to the fucking end of that shit, dog. Yeah, yeah we out. Yes, yes. Yeah, we out. Yeah, we out. <laughs> I'm gonna add you to the fucking end of that shit, dog. Fuck Drew. Zuh. Oh. <laughs> Fuck, dog. I'm gonna leave that shit on the podcast, fool, and I'm gonna be like, just put that shit on repeat. Zuh. <laughs> nah, I'm kidding, fool. I love that guy, dog.